We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for October 14th, 2012. Now we're going to shift gears here and move into the next part of the article, which I saw this this week and initially it broke regarding the ring that Obama's wearing that says there is no God except Allah on his ring. He's been wearing this thing for at least 30 years. But also now, Obama's lucky charms. The Hindu god in his pocket, and also his Masonic ring. And then there's the ring that says there's no god except a lie. I think there's other things he's got too. <clears throat> Not only that, he eats lucky charms too, for breakfast every morning. Because they're magically delicious. Anyway, sorry, just kidding. I made that part up. But he probably does, who knows. Anyway, it shows Obama here getting... Uh, wrapped in some kind of, looks like, Hindu-like ceremony. I mean, he's dressed like the president, but he's got some, looks like, I don't know, Buddhist priest or whatever, doing some type of blessing on him. And it says, you can tell a lot about a person by the jewelry that they wear and by the things that they carry around in their pockets. Uh, And Barack Obama's lucky charms include a Hindu god, a Masonic emblem on a ring, and a wedding ring that has the phrase, there is no God except Allah, inscribed on it. So again, there's no red flags here. you know. So what did these things tell us about Barack Obama? That is a very good question. Perhaps someone should ask him about these items, if indeed he is a Prince Hall Freemason. Now, Prince Hall is the part of the Freemasons that you, you can only be um, black and be a Prince Hall Freemason. Okay, and I I think just the regular Freemasons, um, Scottish Rite and York and those types of things uh, are, are for, I guess, the white races, you know. And so, but a Prince Hall Freemason is, is uh, what they're saying Barack Obama is. <clears throat> um, this has been... If he, if he is indeed a Prince Hall Freemason, as he is publicly, as has been publicly reported, and there's a link to that public report regarding him being a Freemason, then he should come out and just admit it. If he feels a connection to Hinduism or Islam, then he should just come out and publicly admit it. One of the biggest things that annoys me about, so annoys so many people about Obama, is the secrecy that he has about his past. I mean, everything about the guy's past, well, because he's, a usurper, he's a liar, he's a fraud, in every way, shape, and form, as we've reported on many, many times. Every level of his life is that. So he's got to keep his past hidden. He can't let that come out. You know? There are vast stretches of his history that nobody is even supposed to talk about. And he's had the modern-day free press aiding and abetting this from day one as well. Uh, So are we just supposed to accept that he is a, quote, Christian man? And, I mean, we talked about last week about, you know, his (laughs) his well-known that he was in the the whole gay bathhouse scene in Chicago. And then that was just, it's absolutely well-known. And all of the people that have died in connection with that, his previous gay lovers and all of this stuff. We did a big report on that last week. I mean, that's another part of his past, you know. The fact that he was born in Kenya. I mean, people were there when he was born. I mean, there, there's there's so many different things. The whole birth certificate thing. The, the 
so many different facets of his life are just absolute total lies and frauds in, in, in fraud. So anyway, um, okay. So we are all just supposed to accept that he is a quote Christian man, and then he's not up, not in any freaky stuff, even when there is a tremendous amount of evidence to the contrary. Personally, I would love to see a reporter ask him about the Hindu god that Obama carries around in his pocket. The following is a photo that has been circulating around the internet of Obama displaying the Hindu idol, along with a bunch of other lucky charms that he carries around. Um, it has been reported that Obama carries these lucky charms with him wherever he goes. And again, it shows him uh, taking out the contents of his pocket... Some of them are coins. And then you see the little Hindu god. And and this is why, with this teaching in particular, you may want to be following along because there's a lot of visuals here that you might want to see. So, you got the Hindu god here in his thing. And then it's got, I I put a picture I found of him and the Dalai Lama, um, Mr. Devil Boy himself, Obama and him. And then there's another picture of him showing up this multi armed Hindu monkey god in his. Uh, and then I found I, I did a keyword search for this this monkey god this Hunanan monkey god uh, I think that's his name uh, uh, Hanuman Hanuman monkey god and you know I mean you know I I, I I advise my listeners to carry a Hanuman monkey god in their pocket as well I mean we all need you know uh, all the luck we can get right I mean just, just kidding sorry. Sorry about that. Any word. Luck. uh, Lucky Lucifer. You know? The whole concept of luck in that particular thing is a satanic concept. Okay? So, I I found this picture of Hunan, or Hunanan, or whatever its name is. It's it's really hilarious. But it's it's a real Hindu-like picture. And it shows he's got these little, I don't even know what it is. Looks like some kind of telephone receiver in his hand, and he's sitting there, and his his face is like half human, half monkey, <laughs> and his body's totally furry, which is a nice touch. I mean, you know, and um, he um, he's there before some type of Hindu altar or whatever. And I, I just wanted you to get the full the full you know length, breadth, and depth of of what we're dealing with here, what he's actually got in his pocket. Okay, because this is a cursed object. Okay, this is an occult, um, satanically charged object that he's carrying around with him. Not to mention his ring, and not to mention his Freemasonic ring, and the other cursed objects that he carries around. Okay, so, I posted some Bible verses here that I thought were pertinent regarding the subject. Leviticus 26.1. Ye shall make, now he says he's a Christian, right? You know, he went to Jeremiah Wright's church and, um, this type of thing. So, <clears throat> the Bible says, ye shall make no idols nor graven image. Now this would be a graven image. This is an idol. Okay? Neither rear up you, rear you up a standing image. Neither shall ye set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 4.16 Lest ye corrupt yourselves and you make and make you a graven image. So when you 
carry something like this around in your pocket, you are corrupting yourself. This would include rabbit's foots or whatever, you know. And I definitely would not advise eating Lucky Charms every morning because, you know, you got the leprechaun, you got the Lucky Charms, you know. Remember, the Bible talks about the charmers in the same vein or genre as the um, diviners, as the prognosticator from, from an occultic astrological standpoint. It's witchcraft. It's all witchcraft. Anyway, um, so <clears throat> I had to throw all my Lucky Charms boxes away after I read this. I mean, I, I really got convicted because I had bought like a gross, which is 144, and I, I kind of felt bad, but... Anyway, sorry. Uh, just kidding. Anyway, so, lest ye corrupt yourselves to make you a graven image. The similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female. The, or, essentially, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth. In this case, kind of like this hybrid, Nephilim-like, half-monkey, half-human creature. With four, and, and the one in his pocket looks like it's got four arms. Now, the one in the picture, I guess, only got two, so... Maybe he sprouted the other two later. I don't know. I haven't, maybe went through a little growth spurt and spouted two more arms. I mean, Kali's got, I think, like six arms. And she's the goddess of death. Shiva's daughter um, in the whole Hinduism thing. And I mean, you know. So anyway, and we're going to talk more about Shiva a little bit. <clears throat> so we're not supposed to corrupt ourselves with these graven images. Period. Now, what do the Catholics do? Here's what the Catholics do. They remove the second commandment about bowing down to graven images and serving them. They remove that commandment literally from the Catholic Ten Commandments. And they split, it's either the Ninth or Tenth Commandment in two. So they still have Ten Commandments. So that way they can placate their, their consciences and still feel good about everything. Because they can't not have them bowing down to all of their graven images, their statues of Mary and their statues of their Sananda Emmanuel Jesus, who is the false Jesus, or their statues of Peter or Andrew or whoever else they're going to pray to. See, that's all pagan idolatry. It's all totally evil. But hey, the Catholics make a lot of money every year on their, on their massive sales of idols and graven images. So they can't, you know. And these are all cursed objects. Absolutely 100% cursed objects that they're bowing themselves down to. Okay, what happens? You corrupt yourself. You bring a curse on yourself. Those are cursed objects. If you've got anything like that, whether you're wearing it, whether it's in your house, what, I don't care if it has sentimental value, destroy it and burn it. That's the best way to dispose of them. Destroying and burning. There is a literally a demon or demons connected with every one of those cursed objects. You bring it into your house, uh, well, don't expect that it's not going to affect you body, soul, and spirit. Yes, but when I brought it into my house, I was blessed financially. Yeah, it's a satanic blessing. Satan will meet you at your need. Okay? I'm not saying Satan can't, uh, you know, obviously people get into the occult for that reason. You know? They don't get into the occult because there's no benefit. People don't become Hindu, Hindus or Buddhists or, or convert to whatever, Satanism or whatever, because there's no benefit. There is a satanic benefit to these types of things. At, at least, maybe even initially, it, there might appear to be. But the price you're going to have to pay ultimately is way more than, than you're going to be able to handle. Ultimately, death and hell. You know, for people that get into this stuff. And it's going to blind you to getting saved. You're going to be demonically blinded if you're into this stuff. It's very, very hard for somebody that's in hardcore idolatry 
to get unblinded. First step you'd want to have is them getting rid of all that garbage so that that's not weighing them down from a demonic standpoint and blinding them from a spiritual standpoint. And that's why Satan loves to get these types of things into our houses or on our bodies or around us for that very reason. It's a big deal. We're not just talking about some little trivial issue here. So, um, so these are the things, you know, the similitude of any figure, likeness of male or female, the likeness of a beast that is on the earth, or the likeness of a winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, or the likeness of a fish that is in the water beneath the earth. Well, then you think of Dagon in the Bible, the fish god. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, Isaiah 42, 8. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. See, you're giving worship and glory to a something that has no business from a godly standpoint you worshiping or giving any kind of credit to. God says, my glory will I not give to another. When you bow yourself down, or if you were to carry these types of things, or you were to put your trust in them, it's like you are slapping God in the face, essentially. You're saying, you know, God of the Bible, I don't want anything to really do with you. I would rather trust in my little demonic trinket over here. Or my little statue I'm going to bow down and pray to. Uh-huh. You, not, not something you don't want to be doing. You want to anger God? This is a real good way to anger God, I believe, doing this. So, Isaiah 42, 17. They shall be turned back. They shall be greatly ashamed that trust in graven images. That's their end. Okay? That say to molten images, ye are our gods. I just, honestly, I don't want to be judgmental, but I just don't understand it. I just don't understand bowing yourself down to Hunan and the monkey god. <laughs> it's almost like comical. You know? I mean, why don't you just set up a statue of Count Chocula and Frankenberry and Booberry and bow yourself down to them? At least they're easier on the eyes, you know what I mean? I mean, come on. I mean, this monkey thing, I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of, he's got some, uh, He's not looking too good, you know what I mean? He's looking kind of weird. Anyway, sorry. So anyway, um, Isaiah 97.7 says, Confounded be all they that serve graven images, that boast themselves of idols. So, there you go. Now, got a listener that uh, recently has, um, and not recently, but even they've been coming against that gigantic statue of the Sananda Manuel, Master Jesus, that they had at that one church where they've got the reverend woman preacher there that's, oh, he's trying to fill me in on that. I'm still, I'm still trying to get the full timeline, but we're talking some serious corruption. And, I mean, God struck the thing with lightning the first time, and it, I believe, burned down, and then they, res- they, they rebuilt it. And, I mean, there's been, it's bad. It's really, really bad. And they've been there... They're my listeners, and they've been out there bullhorning people. They're going into the church and, and telling them not, you know, of these same verses I'm getting into now, telling them not to serve graven images. And the people there just, you know, they, they, my people love to have it so. Just like the Bible talked about, what I said before. 
My people love to have it so. People that would identify themselves as Christians, they love to have it. They want their big idols. They want their graven images. You know, they can point to that and say, look at how holy we are. You know, they want to point to works. They want to point to look at what we've done and all these other things. And again, one of the greatest things that are going to be foisted on humanity is when the false Jesus comes back. Sananda Emmanuel, the ascended master Jesus, or also known as Master Jesus, with the, with these ascended masters, connected with Maitreya. I've gotten into this before. Just key in Jesus or Master Jesus in the keyword search box. When he comes back in the end times, and he's going to point people to the Antichrist. I don't believe he's going to be the Antichrist, but he's going to point people to the Antichrist. People are going to see him. He's going to look like all those pictures the Catholic Church gave us through Michelangelo. Michelangelo didn't know what Jesus looked like. That was his artistic rendition of what he thought Jesus looked like. We don't know that. The Bible says there was no beauty in him that we would desire him. Okay, it says that in the Bible about Jesus. He wasn't like this Adonis-looking, ascended master, Jesus, that we see that the Catholic Church gave us exclusively. And you see those same pictures hanging up in about every church you go into. Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian. That's the image people are waiting for to come back. What, what's going to happen when he actually does come back and he looks just like that? Ah, oh, and he's going to assume the mantle of the actual cat of the Christian church across from him. He's going to bring all the Christian denominations that are already yoked up into the 501c3 system pretty much worldwide. He's going to bring them together. They're going to come under one banner. He's going to be the head of that portion of the Antichrist system. That's all of the, uh, uh, as far as United Nations, end time, demonically prophetic plan, that's what they say is going to happen. He'll take over the head of the Catholic Church, which is probably the most suited to assume the umbrella to absorb and assimilate all of the other churches out there. They're going to come back to the mother whore church. That's how the Catholic Church refers to itself, as the mother church. It's the mother of harlots, maybe, the, the, the mother of abominations. But true Christians were never associated with the Catholic Church, ever. They came up through a totally separate line, through Antioch. It's just like the Bible did, the King James Bible came up through a totally separate And then you have the corrupt line. You have the corrupt line of so-called pseudo-Christians coming up through the Catholic way, corrupt Bibles, and then you have the King James, and you have the, the Christians that first called themselves Christians in Antioch in the Bible that came through a totally separate way. And they were the ones that were persecuted, like the Waldensians and the Lombards and, you know, the early the, the Baptists that came up through there. And again, to me, it's not a denominational issue as it is so much, okay, how did the church evolve? Uh, there's a really good book written on that by Phil Stringer, Dr. Phil Stringer, who I saw speak many times. Really good book writer. Makes complicated subjects easy to understand. And it's called The Faithful Baptist Witness. And I, I just think it's a really good look at that subject. The de denominations aside, you know, all I call myself is a Bible-believing, born-again Christian. I don't call myself Baptist or charismatic. I mean, I don't even go there anymore. Just don't see any Bible for denominations. Okay, But it is a very good look at that subject if you're kind of wondering about it. You know, thinking that, well, we're, we're Protestants. No, we're not. Protestants came out of the Catholic Church. They were protesting 
Martin Luther, 95 Thesis, nailed on the door. They were protesting what was going on in the Catholic Church. Now, they brought a lot of baggage with them. A lot of bad baggage. I don't want to be associated with that. I'm not a Protestant. Okay, so that's a very important subject to kind of understand. So, let's go back to the article here. How did I get off on that? Sorry. Um, Anyway, some serious rabbit trails today. Anyway, uh, let's see here. They shall be turned back. They shall be greatly ashamed that trust in graven images that say to molten images, ye are our God. Confounded be all they that serve graven images that boast themselves of idols. Confounded. These people are going to be in confusion. Like the people, for instance, at that one church with the gigantic Jesus they've got out there, the Sananda Emmanuel Jesus. These people are confounded. They're confused. They're, they're, they're deceived. They've got a really wicked, corrupt, I guess, woman reverend preacher. They've got Muslims that are literally act as the security there. <laughs> You've got some serious problems here. Wicked, wicked, wicked stuff going on there. And, you know, hey, it's just par for the course. Why? Because they're confounded. They're not, they're, they're, they're not biblically based or biblically grounded. They're trusting in their own heart. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You know, women pastors, I'm sorry, it's unbiblical. The biblical qualifications for a pastor is the husband of one wife, is one of the things. It's not the wife of one husband. It's just not. And I'm not being chauvinistic, I'm just saying what the Bible says. And I've done a whole teaching on this, what women can do for the Lord. And it's not unbiblical, it's just Bible. That's it. That's all we're looking at. Um, so anyway, the U.S. press pretty much missed the story, but it was talked about exclusively in the international media. Now this is where he was carrying around the, the monkey god. So, for example, the following is from an article from Economic Times. A recent photo posted on the White on Times White House Photo of the Day collection. This is from the White House. Shows the first ever black American nominee of a major U.S. party for presidential elections. Carries with him a bracelet belonging to an American soldier uh, deployed in Iraq. A gambler's lucky chit. C-H-I-T. I didn't even really know what that is. It's a gambler's lucky It's one of those coins I said. He's got that too. You know. Um, a gambler's lucky chit. A tiny monkey god. And a tiny Madonna and child. I missed that one too. A Madonna and child. So he's got the Catholic thing covered. He's got the whole gambler, lucky Lucifer thing going on. He's got the Hunan monkey god. He's got his Freemasonic Prince Hall square and compass ring. And he's got the there is no God but Allah ring. So he's pretty much got it all the bases covered. You know, from a satanic standpoint. The tiny monkey god, of course, appears to be a statue of the hinder monkey god Hanuman. Sorry if I was butchering his name says the posting, but editors and fo- photographers have not identified it as such. Well, that's not really true, because we've got many photos of it and that I actually showed you. So exactly who is Hanuman, and how does this fit into the... Uh, how does this god fit into Hinduism? The following is from Wikipedia and describes this Hindu god. Hanuman is a Hindu deity who was an ardent devotee of Rama, according to the Hindu legends. As a Vanara, which is an ape-like humanoid, 
Hanuman participated in Rama's war against the demon king Rayana. I, I, I love this whole, it's, it's so typical of the occult, you know. Yes, it's the good devil god against the bad devil god. It's like the wicked witch of the west against the good witch of the north, or whatever it was. You know, it's all evil. It's all witchcraft. It's all garbage. Okay? It's all corrupt. So, I, I love he's an ape-like humanoid. You know, that's probably what I look like my ancestors look like before they evolved into what I look like now. You know, because we all evolved from a rock originally and then the rain rained on the rocks for millions of years and lightning hit it and two salt amoeba formed out of it and that formed a fish and gills and and then it turned into uh, a gecko and then the gecko turned into like a snake and then the snake evolved into some type of, um, I don't know, little furry woodland creature which eventually evolved into an ape, and then an ape-like humanoid, hence Hanuman, into Piltdown Man, into Neanderthal Man, into whatever, into finally us. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, that definitely happened. I, I believe that all day long. I mean, <laughs> over the what the Bible says, you know, God creating the world in seven days, and him making man and woman, and yeah, I definitely believe the other. And it happened over billions of years, too. Because, see, anything can happen over billions of years. You know? I mean, come on. Why can't we all just get along? So, anyway, um, I'm just trying to make it how stupid the whole concept of evolution is. So, good old Hanuman participated in Rama's war against the demon king Ravana. Uh, several texts also present him as the incarnation of the Lord Shiva. Now, that really got my interest. Because who is Shiva? Probably heard me mention him before. Shiva is a major Hindu deity and is the destroyer. It's the, he's the god of destruction or transformer among the Trimurti, the Hindu, which is the Hindu trinity. See, God's all, uh, Satan's always trying to counterfeit God. Okay. Uh, the Trimurti, or the Hindu trinity, of the primary aspects of the divine. He is regarded as the most powerful god in Hinduism. Remember I said Kali was the daughter of Shiva? Kali, the god of death, she's the one. She's kind of got some appearance issues. She's got six arms, and she has a severed head and like one hand, and then a plate to catch the blood dropping off in the other. I mean, you know, she's fun. She's fun. She's kind of, you know... Kind of antisocial. But anyway, that's, that's Shiva's daughter. So anyway, um, I'm not making this stuff up either. He's regarded as the most powerful god of Hinduism, the god of destruction. In the Shavya tradition of Hinduism, Shiva is the supreme god. Okay, so they're saying that several texts present Hanuman as an incarnation of the Lord Shiva. So this might be an easier way for Obama to get away. Oh, it's just a little monkey god. Yeah, it's also known in many texts as the incarnation of Shiva, which is the main god of Hinduism, the god of destruction. And look at what Obama's done. Has his presidency been about improving, making the country more godly, making the country less evil? No, it's been about destroying this country Lock, stock, and barrel. Every aspect of this country has he has worked on destroying. 
So it would it would be no surprise to me that he's carrying around a Hindu god in his pocket, which represents literally destruction. So I, I thought that that was um, rather ironic. So some Hindus in India got so excited about this when they found out that he was carrying this that they decided to give a two-foot-tall gold-plated idol of Hanuman to Obama. Now I got a picture of it here. Uh, the actual presentation when they were presenting this, they weren't. Obama didn't receive it. The um, it says as an article in the Times of India back in 2008 described, the special gift was actually presented to one of Obama's representatives. Obama's representative Carol Savage Marr on Tuesday received a gold-plated two-foot-high idol, which she will pass on to Obama after it is sanctified. And I, I get, again, I got the ceremony here where they're presenting it to him. Right here, I got this, you know, monkey god little thing. It's all gold plated. It's you know, real special. I got jealous and I ordered one for myself. And I was gonna give them out to my listeners, you know, like the first ten lucky listeners who call me. You know, I was gonna maybe do some kind of raffle lottery type of thing. I don't know. Anyway, just kidding. The idol is being presented to Obama as he is reported to be Lord Hanuman's devotee. <laughs> so Obama is reported to be a devotee. Is that like a diva? A devotee. It sounds so nouveau riche. It sounds so trendy. I don't know. It just sounds amazing. He's a devotee of Hanuman. And and the and the Hindus were ecstatic over this. I, I guarantee you they're going to get his vote, you know, or he's going to get their vote, or whatever. And it carry he carries him uh, a locket, a locket of the monkey god, along with other good luck charms. <laughs> this is so unbelievable. An hour long prayer meeting to sanctify the idol was earlier organized at the Hindu temple by a congressional leader and the Hindu temple priests. <laughs> I heard. I'm sorry, I can't help but laugh. This, I mean, this was a big deal. Two foot tall, 100% cursed, satanically charged object. Because when they say sanctify, they mean we're going to make sure this is maximally, demonically, satanically charged object. And that's exactly what they meant, okay? An hour-long prayer meeting to sanctify the idol. Wow. And who knows where this thing sits? If it's in the White House or where? But it's in Obama's possession. Obama has deep faith in the Lord Hanuman, and that is why we are presenting an idol of Hanuman to him, said Obama. So, why didn't we ever hear about this in the mainstream media in, in the United States? Perhaps of even more concern is the fact that Barack Obama has been photographed wearing a ring, now we're going to shift gears, with a Masonic emblem. Now, here is a picture uh, the picture posted below is a story from the 2008 edition of Newsweek magazine, and it shows Obama's two hands reaching for the seal of the President of the United States. You can see the picture right here. On closer inspection, the ring on his right hand definitely appears to have a familiar square and compass emblem of the Freemasons on it. I mean, you can see it plain as day on this blow-up. It is definitely a Freemasonic ring. 
And then there's even a bigger blow up. And then there's a there's a picture of the square and compass, uh, the Freemasonic square and compass, which, if you don't know, is actually uh, how I put this nicely: a picture of the union of male and female. Okay, I'll just that's I'll just leave it at that. That's what it actually represented. It represents at one of the deeper levels. I understand these meanings have multiple meanings, but. Um, so, anyway, it's very, very obvious what's going on here. So, so what's the big deal? Well, see my teaching on, it's called Freemasonry Exposed, and I give you a link to that here that you can click on on pages, at the start of page 8 of the PDF for October 14th, 2012. The reason I'll say that is because if somebody's listening to this, let's say on YouTube, and they're like, I don't even know who this guy is, and what teaching is he talking about and where's his website and, and contendingfortruth.com and I like to give that out every once in a while just so people can maybe get back to the website if they need to so going further after all haven't a whole bunch of other US presidents been Freemasons true uh, yes and that's also horrific but the, the disturbing thing is that Obama is so secretive about it if he is a Prince Hall Freemason shouldn't he just be open and admit it what like Billy Graham why didn't he admit it you know, he was on the Louisiana website of Freemasons until some of the Christians got onto it and they took it down. But they still mirrored, some other Christian sites still mirrored the site that showed him being a 33rd degree Freemason, Billy Graham. You know, that was well known. I've done a whole teaching on him. Just key in Billy or Graham in the keyword search box and you saw the horrific stuff about that guy. Another of Obama, and I'm not making this stuff up, I'm just documenting things. Another of Obama's lucky charms that is raising eyebrows is his wonderful wedding ring. It turns out that he was wearing this ring long before he ever got married. And we will prove that in this study with the pictures that have been available for years. And recently, experts were able to examine the inscription on the ring closely enough to be able to translate it. So what does the inscription say? It says, quote, there is no God except Allah. Hmm. I wonder if that would relate to any of the teachings I've done about him being a closet Muslim and about how all he has been so pro-Muslim and, and all of the Islamic things that have happened to this country from a pro-Muslim standpoint since this guy took office, and how it's, he's been so favorable to, to instituting these different Muslim Brotherhood regimes, toppling the, the different public uh, puppet dictators in the Middle East and installing more radical elements of the uh, either Al-Qaeda or the Muslim Brotherhood, so that when World War III happens, they will really have their Muslim, their radical, Islamic, Muslim, fundamental dictators in place, and regimes in place, so that they will be able to more properly wage war against Israel from a jihadistic, holy war standpoint. Yes, that's exactly it. So, here's a photo of Obama wearing the ring on... uh, his left hand below, there's multiple pictures. Now, uh, there is a, according to World Daily Net, which is where this actually came from, there's a link here to it. And if you want to read the full report, I'm just hitting the high points here. You can go into that, and I mean, it gives you tons more documentation than I'm getting into today. But for purposes of um, trying to get through this information, I just couldn't include it all. According to World Daily Net, Obama has been wearing this ring and long before his days at Harvard Law School. As a student at Harvard Law School, the, the then bachelor Barack Obama's practice of wearing a gold band on his wedding ring finger puzzled his colleagues. Now, I got into the whole thing about last week about I could have been doing that because he had his various gay lovers 
that he was with back then. And it might have been a symbolic of that as well. I mean, why would you wear it on your ring finger? Okay, so he could show his allegiance both to Allah and his gay lovers even well before he was ever married to Michelle, which is really kind of a hallmark moment, if you think about it. It's just, you know, warms the cockles of your heart there kind of thing. Anyway, sorry, uh, just kidding. So, he was doing this for a long time. Now, newly published photographs of Obama from the 1980s shows that the ring Obama wore on his wedding ring finger as an unmarried student is the same ring Michelle Obama put on his finger at the couple's wedding ceremony in 1992. So, in other words, they just basically, you know, recycled it. (laughs) He took it off his ring before the ceremony and she put it right back on. Same ring. Again, the pictures will prove that unequivocally. So, uh, moreover, according to Arabic language and Islamic experts, the ring Obama has been wearing for more than 30 years is adorned with the first part of the Islamic declaration of faith, the Shahada, which says there is no God except Allah. Okay, and here's a close-up of the ring. It's a picture of him, and then a close-up of the picture. And it it is definitely an Islamic ring. The Shahada is the first of the five pillars of Islam. Expressing the two fundamental beliefs that make a person a Muslim, which is there is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is Allah's prophet. Now they're saying that the first part is on the outside, and most likely the second part is on the inside of the ring. But nobody's ever got a chance to photograph the inside of the ring. Okay? Uh, anyway, sincere recitation of the Shahada is the sole requirement for becoming a Muslim. <laughs> I mean, this is like the basis of their faith. And he's wearing it right on his ring finger for all to see, and he's been doing it for decades. The sincere recitation of the Shahada is the sole requirement for becoming a Muslim, as it expresses a person's rejection of all other gods. Oh, yeah, but Obama's a Christian. (laughs) Right. So, Egyptian-born Islamic scholar Mark A. Gabriel, who's a PhD, examined photographs of Obama's ring at World Daily Net's request. Now, they really did a lot of research on this. This isn't just some little fringe article that was put out there to try to discredit Obama. Jerome Corsi, World Daily Net, all these these, uh, Arabic scholars have examined these pictures. Okay, and also looking at his history. And... They've really done their homework on this. And they concluded that the first half of the Shahada is inscribed on it. He says, There can be no doubt that someone wearing the inscription, There is no God except Allah, has a very close connection to Islamic beliefs, the Islamic religion, and Islamic society to which the statement is so strongly attached. So it also makes sense why he's done so much to reject Israel in negotiations with them as well, and snubbed them, and done all of these, you know, really rude things regarding Israel. Um, Photographs published last week by the New Yorker from Obama's time at Occidental College, taken by fellow students, indicate that the ring Obama wore three, three decades ago is the one he is now still currently wearing in the White House. It's the same ring. Here's more pictures of him with the same ring and close-ups. It'll show kind of a far away and then it'll show a close-up so you, you know what you're seeing. I kind of had, also these pictures were a lot bigger. I had to reduce them for the sake of the PDF because, you know, I didn't want gigantic pictures on the PDF. But if you click on the original report, which there's several links linking to it, you'll see the pictures even in their blown up form. 
As World Daily Net reported in July, previously published photos have shown Obama wearing a gold band on his wedding ring finger continuously from 1981 at Occidental College through the graduation at Columbia in 1983 and a visit to Africa in 1988 and during his time at Harvard from 1988 to 1991. But none until now have displayed the ring with enough detail to identify it as one he is currently wearing. World Daily Net reported a satirical edition of the Harvard Law Review published by students in 1990 containing a mock Dewar's Scotch profile advertisement poking fun at Obama. Among the list of Obama's, quote, latest accomplishments is, quote, deflecting persistent questioning about the ring on his left hand. In other words, it was a big joke at the time when he went to Harvard Law. Because they're like, what is this? And he wouldn't even say back then what it meant. Everything about the guy's life is a total shrouded in secrecy. The comment suggests the ring was a subject of student curiosity at the time and that Obama was still not forthcoming with any explanation. He still has not explained why he wore the band on his wedding ring finger before he married Michelle. Filmmaker Joel Gilbert, an expert on Islamic history, noted um, Obama wore the ring during his high-profile speech in Cairo in June 4th of 2009, in the first months of his presidency. And there's pictures of this that I got, that I've got right here. Now we have a new context for what Obama meant when he told the Islamic audience in Cairo during that speech that he has known Islam, quote, known Islam on three continents. He's known Islam on three continents. He said that, quote, Gilbert said he also told the Cairo audience that he considered it as part of his responsibility as president of the United States to, quote, fight against the negative stereotypes of Islam wherever they appear, end of quote. See, I do the exact opposite. I just expose Islam every time, every chance I get because it's so wicked and so evil and so needs to be exposed. But he's going to do the exact opposite that I'm trying to accomplish. He is going to fight against any negative stereotypes of this devil death cult religion, wherever they appear. And he's done that. And it goes on to say, as all religious Muslims are, by definition, required to defend Islam. See, he's a Muslim. He is required to defend Islam. Remember the pictures of him bowing to the Saudi princes? He's never bowed to anybody. Well, from, an Islam, from a Muslim Islamic standpoint, they were at a higher level than him. So he showed them reverence. Here's a picture of, of that ring during the speech in Cairo, Egypt, June 4th, 2009. Also, the photograph published last week by the New Yorker magazine indicates Obama was wearing the ring at Occidental College. One photo shows Obama sitting alongside Occidental roommate Hassan Chando, in 1981, apparently waiting for a meal to be served. And, it, and it, here's the picture, right here. This is from 1981. It's totally the same ring, on the same finger. Which is really, you know, why are you wearing it on your wedding ring? And you're always showed with guys. Uh, that's not really... <sighs> anyway, Barack Obama and roommate Hashan Chando at Occidental College, 1981. This is from New Yorker Magazine. Uh, Obama's extended left hand clearly shows the ring as seen below, and it, it, you can see it's, it's a very distinctive ring. It's got distinctive grooves. It is the same ring here. It's not a ring that you're going to probably get out of a Lucky Charms box. 
Sorry. Anyway. Or a Cracker Jacks box. Uh, the second of the recently released photos shows Obama reaching for a book from an Occidental College library shelf. And here, same ring on his same finger. Obama, Occidental College, 1981. Here's a close-up of his hand. You can see it's the same ring, same uh, thing that we're talking about here. So, the World Daily Net story does a great job of breaking this whole mystery down. If you have not read the entire article yet, I encourage you to do so right here. There's a link to it right there. And then Jerome Corsi is available to discuss the story with the media. He's really trying to aggressively expose Obama from a very factual standpoint. He has really done his homework. Jerome Corsi has regarding Obama. Uh, there's a link to um, his... Uh, my word, right to his um, email address. So why would Barack Obama, who is supposedly a, quote, Christian, be wearing a ring that expresses devotion to Islam all these years? Once someone points out to him what the ring really says, will he take it off? Please. Obviously, Barack Obama has a huge love and devotion for Islam. After all, he currently has a whole bunch of nice things about, uh, nice things to say about Islam over the years. I documented many of these in my previous articles, entitled 10 Quotes by Barack Obama about Islam, contrasted with 10 Quotes by Barack Obama about Christianity. So see, out of the abundance abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, right? According to the Bible. Excuse me. So he can't keep his mouth shut about his true love for Islam, how he's known it on three continents. Because he was born in Africa, and then he lived in, um, was it like... India for a time period, Indonesia, which is another continent, and then they moved to Hawaii, and then, you know, so three continents. That's how he's known Islam, on three continents, just so you know. Uh, now, not only is he a Muslim, obviously he is an inherent to many, he, he is Mr. Hodgepodge, you know, melting pot religion boy, but his true heart and religion, and the way he was brought up is Islam. Okay. Yes. Is he a Luciferian? Sure. Is he a communist, socialist, fascist? Absolutely. You know, is he a God-hating, Christless devil? Absolutely. You know, but Islam is his true love. Is his true? That was where he was really uh, satanically indoctrinated and brainwashed into that devil cult religion. So, uh, don't, don't think I don't like it. But anyway. Um, you want to see, I've, I've done many teachings exposing Barack Obama. I give you those listings here. One of them is entitled The Spell and Deception of Barack Obama. Some of these are basically when he first got elected. And then Obama to abandon Israel while embracing the Islamic nations. And then current events, Rick Warren, Obama, and Hillary. That was when I think he was getting inaugurated. And then is, the Obama, is Obama the Antichrist, which I do not believe he is. Because um, we look at biblically, what are the qualifications of Antichrist? And then Obama's citizenship, lies, and morality exposed. Uh, I believe parts one and two for that. So we did, and I've done, obviously I've mentioned Obama on more than these teachings. But anyway, that, that should help you there. Uh, let's see here. Okay, I just checked. I'm going to end part two here. And we're going to go to part three because I have to shift gears and... Um, Now, I won't have enough time to get all this in. So God bless you, and we'll see you in part three.